Have you ever gone to see a famous painting and wondered what it would be like to meet the artist? Have you ever read a really great book and wished you might be able to get to know the author? We have above us artwork in creation that far surpasses any other. And you and I have the opportunity to know the artist personally. And not only that, he is eager for us to know him. Today on the Daily Rejoicing Podcast, we are in one of the most treasured psalms, Psalm 19. We'll see in verses 1 through 11 two ways by which God revealed himself to mankind. Today, we'll just see the first. We'll look at verses 1 through 6, and we'll see how God reveals himself to man in the heavens. The heavens means the sun, moon, and stars. That's what it means. When you see that in the Bible, heavens means the sun, moon, and stars, what you can see when you look up, basically. And I'll read to you verses 1 through 6 of Psalm chapter number 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he hath set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The heavens declare the glory of God. Glory meaning honor, splendor, greatness. You know, it's the grace of God that he would reveal himself in his handiwork. You and I do not have to reasonably wonder if there is a God. The heavens declare it loudly and clearly. And the heavens declare his glory. Whatever makes an attribute of God manifest or known is glory. Whether that is his character, his attributes, his power, and so forth, you give God glory when you make him known. Yesterday afternoon, I don't know if it was like this where you were, but we had to stop and maybe it was around seven or, or so. We had to stop and take a picture because the clouds in the sky were just so beautiful. And then later on in the evening, we marveled at the lightning across the sky. It was near constant. And then, of course, it rained, it stormed for a little while. But then when we looked outside again around 11, 12, we enjoyed the big round moon that made the whole landscape bright in the middle of the night, the full moon. And all across the world, mankind sees the heavens declaring God's glory. Verse number three, again, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Creation is a universal language, which everyone, if viewing with open eyes and ears, will hear communicated the declared glory of God. It's inescapable. David describes the sun, what David obviously views as the pinnacle of creation at the end of verse number four, 
In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. He describes the skies as the tabernacle for the sun. Some have wondered if perhaps David is a young shepherd boy here and he is looking up at the eastern sky as the sun rises. He is keeping the sheep in the wilderness. It's been night. He's seen the moon. He's seen the stars. And now he sees everything change. The sky go from gray to brilliant oranges and yellows as the sun bursts through over the horizon. And David describes it, verse 5, the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. The excitement, anticipation with which the sun rises, David describes as a groom on his wedding day. And the steady, direct crossing of the sky throughout the day by the sun is as a strong man running a race. Verse 6, his going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Nothing escapes the heat of the sun, and nothing escapes its declaration that God deserves glory, the glory of God. It shows God's power, that intense heat that you might feel tomorrow as you work outside Instead of cursing the sun and the heat, just imagine that the sun is thundering a sermon, excuse me, about the glory and the power of God. The heavens leave no excuse for foolishly denying God. We know that the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Romans 1.20 says this, for the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If you read that whole chapter there at the beginning of Romans, he's saying that just looking around at creation leaves man no excuse that there is a God and man is accountable to him. Paul referenced Psalms 19 to teach that the gospel itself, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is universal and that creation is a building block to believing the gospel. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now you've heard that verse just a bit before. It says, how shall they hear without a preacher? But verse number 18, right after, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans ten eighteen says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. He's alluding back to Psalm 19 there. And he's saying, if you stop your, your ears at believing the truth that is being preached all around you just by creation, that God created the heavens and the earth, then you prevent yourself from believing the gospel, which is your only hope for salvation. We were recently watching a documentary about a discovery made in ancient Egypt. And as they uncovered artifacts that were thousands of years old and pulled them out of the sand, really amazing, they pulled out some engraved writings, small statues, broken pieces of things. There was always an understanding by these unbelievers, these Egyptologists, 
that someone was responsible for those things being there. They would ask, what dynasty does this little statue come from? Whom does it mean to represent? And the artifact always reflected the designer. But at no point did someone wonder if perhaps the artifact might have appeared out of nothing. Perhaps it just evolved. Maybe there was an explosion in Egypt and all of these hieroglyphics came out. No. Why? Well, it's obvious a design always implies a designer. Nothing got here by nothing. And the heavens declare the glory of God. I'll leave you with one more thought today. A person cannot objectively look up at the sky for very long without acknowledging the existence of God. It's so obvious that creation is a result of God's hand. Think about your own life. In your life is the work of the Holy Spirit of God so evident that a person cannot help but acknowledge that God has made a difference in your life. God's at work there. God can be seen in your response, your joy, your kindness, your love, your faith, everything about you, what you talk about, what you focus your life on. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it could be said of you and me that we declare the glory of God in our life because the the handprint of God is so evident? May that be our prayer and aim today to declare the glory of God.